Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 35. So my main focus this week has been, you know, I'm, I'm hitting this dedication to the werewolf build. Uh, I'm still Man, not. Man, I max. gotta get. I still gotta make my werewolf. You're gonna have a fully levered werewolf here pretty soon, and I'm not. I'm gonna be here like. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving you all the time in the world. I I am leveling this character pretty slowly, so I'm giving okay. I'm giving you every chance in the world here. I can level really fast, so <laughs> I just need to I just need to bust it out. I'm 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 already through the Nord. Well, I sh- I'm not through um, Greymore, but I'm already through East March and the Rift. Uh, knocked those two zones out so um but it's actually been a lot of fun one because you know the character is a nightblade and i've never leveled a nightblade so it's it's fun to run into a class that i you know i've never done before and learning the abilities and things like that yeah nightblade's fun i think like solo and like questing and stuff it's really fun and class to those skills are just fun to play with it's just a really great solo class i feel like Um, oh yeah and like you can just I mean, it's great to just be able to stealth straight through a delve, get the sky, <laughs> get the sky shard, yeah. stealth right back out. Stealth is just a, it's just a whole new world. It's, it's very it's different, different game. It really is. Uh, so that's been fun. And I actually hit, I got up to level thirty before I even kind of dove into the werewolf stuff. Um, so really, this week I got, I got the character to be a werewolf, and I did the werewolf quest and things like that. Um, so this week, it's really only been the last couple of days, uh, but that's been kind of where it's been a lot of fun to actually kind of discover werewolf and I've seen them from afar, but man, once you get your hands on that skill line, is it cool? It's a whole new ball game. It is, (laughs) it is crazy to, I wish I would have had a werewolf before all these updates so I could really see the massive changes. Cause I, I remember when we talked, you know, we, we talked about werewolves and we even, you know, we joke about it now, but we were like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice to see a bone thrown to werewolves every now and then? Like you, you, you hate to see a werewolf because you just feel sad for them in Battlegrounds. And now <laughs> they're just terrifying and rampaging through every PvP zone. But absolutely. When you, when I actually get your hands on these abilities and, and you know, it's only one skill line. So it's, it's just an ability per for the entire skill bar, but it's everything you need in a kit it's just crazy to see it all on like one one skill line it's like here's your you know here's your damage buff here's your crit buff here's your heal here's your well, that's recent i think right like that yeah, was that's, that's what i'm a big saying drawback of werewolf until recently yeah that's what i was saying so i would have liked to see it before then because that was kind of the big all these changes that they kind of really gave the toolkit everything it needed but it's you just I'm looking at all these abilities and I'm actually seeing them and reading the tooltips and it's just blowing my mind. It's it's such great abilities. They've got a gap closer. They have, you know, and when the gap closer is slotted, you passively gain your you gain your damage buff. So you don't even have to cast it. It's just there at all times. It's awesome. Um they have, you know, they have a crazy strong heal. Um, you know, I'm still low level, so I don't really know where the numbers work out, but I think it's like on, you know, I'm a level 30, mid thirties or something like that. And it's based on your max health. Uh, and I think I'm, you know, with CP and everything, I'm at like 25,000 health and it's like a 9,500 health heal. 
I know it's strong because I've seen so many werewolves just like come back from the dead with that thing. Yeah. And then, I think the, the balancing factor is it costs magicka, right? So it's like hard to spam with a stamina spec. It does cost magicka, but if you cast it while you're full health, you get 3,000 stamina. So it also works oh. as like this crazy st- sustain ability. Um, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And I think that's the morph that does that, but. I'm just looking at all these abilities. It's like, man, every single one of these abilities works really well. They have a, a really strong dot you can throw. They have a stun. It's a fear. But, you know, the the howl that you can fear somebody with. They just, mm-hmm. it's like they have it all. Um, they even have. Um, it's just one skill bar too, right? Yeah, you can't even just, bar swap. You can't bar swap or anything. It's just all on one bar. The only thing that they're actually missing is the major resolve. Uh, and, you know, this is what we've talked about. And it's looking at it now it's 100 percent finalized for me throwing mighty chew down on there to take care of that cool it's just weird to see this one skill line that just kind of has everything um so it's been a lot cool. of fun. it kind of makes me want to make a kind of makes me want to make a warden werewolf because wardens have everything too you know so it's just warden. like <laughs> and that, there's, <laughs> there's everything everything there's some theme that works there too a warden werewolf could be really cool yeah that does thematically hmm i do have to All say right. this too you, I always find a way to do this, but a Nord werewolf makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And a Nord warden makes a lot of sense, Nord too. Nord warden werewolf. Love it. I'm going to chew on that. <laughs> you chew on that? See how that tastes? Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing. Just run around, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not leveling really fast just because... I've been having a lot of fun kind of learning the Nightblade class and the abilities. So I've been kind of taking it slow. You're waiting for me slow. to catch up. There you go. Giving you time. Uh, and now that I've found the werewolf abilities, it's that whole trees is a lot of fun. Um, I, I do have to admit, I'm still fully going the werewolf support build. Um, but the closer I get, I am worried that this build's not going to work. And I don't even really know how you measure if it does work. Yeah, it'll be hard to to measure success because it's not a healer. It's not you're a just, healer. You're just you're just pumping ultimate just to everyone. Pumping ultimate. I'm just worried that it's not gonna pump enough ultimate to allies enough to where it makes a difference. Yeah. The good news is is that I think even with those, you know, I was worried with with going with those two sets. Is it, it when I'm in werewolf, am I just gonna be kind of a, a body that's pumping ultimate? But their skill line's so great. I think it could still be, you know, effective. Uh, you know, it could probably still lay some damage and uh, throw some stuns out there. And I think it could still be effective. But uh, I am starting to worry a little bit if this if this build could be uh, effective. Well, you had a another idea for this character too, right? Weren't you going to be a, a snipe spammer? I did have and then that. When, was, yep. And then when people like get angry and try to chase you down, then you transform into werewolf and that's actually what your build is made yep. for. And so you... <laughs> that's that's the backup plan. See? Is that I'm a really annoying Nightblade in Battlegrounds and then they're like, you know what? F this guy, I'm going to go after him. And as soon as they come, then you just switch to werewolf and they're like, what the... <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, totally shred them apart. I still love that idea, but... The, uh, I, I I have to try the the ultimate build werewolf. It's I'm too I'm too all in now, but I am slightly worried if it's going to work. Um, yeah, I mean if you have a an effective offensive toolkit, regardless, you know, like let's say you have that the support ulti gen build happening, and you're still like getting kills yourself, 
why not just stick with that ulti thing, you know, and just help your teammates be yeah. that much stronger and and you yourself are effective as well. Like that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be the goal is if if I can use those sets and also be an effective damage. You know, I don't have to deal crazy damage, but still deal effective enough damage uh to to be helpful for the team. It'll be fun at least testing it out. Um and we will have, you know, upcoming group battlegrounds. Uh, to give it a test. Hopefully I <laughs> yeah. have everything set up by then. Uh, but yeah, so that's mainly what I've been doing is just having fun with Werewolf kind of for the first time. Uh, it's very powerful. They do a lot of damage. Um, and then really the only other thing, uh, I'm a big fan that they do these like legendary lore item motifs. So the one that they just did was uh, the Volundrung Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they let you get this motif where you can actually throw it on a character. And then they have another one right now that it's, I think it's called the Ebony Blade. It's kind of a, um, you know, a, a thin samurai s- sword style blade. Um, yeah, and uh, isn't that the blade that Narayanath is all obsessed with in Crypt of Hearts 2? I think so. I think that's and the he's one. he's like, he's like all telling his wife to shut up. All he needs <laughs> is the blade. And <laughs> That's a rough, that's a rough, uh, you know, you really get involved in that family through that dungeon, you know. It's, yeah. You're like, oh, you look like you guys are maybe in the middle of something here. Maybe we should come back another time. Uh, but I just, I was just wanting to point that out because we're big fans of motifs and, you know, we always talk about designs of characters, but uh, I think that one's really cool because, you know, you don't really get to die these weapons, but it's, it's always awesome. Volendrung, you mean? Well, I was just going to say, you don't really get to die these weapons, but. Uh, not just Volendrung, but anytime they do these special, um, you know, lore legendary item motifs. Uh, yeah. And we always talk all the time, you know, cause sometimes it's hard to find, um, you know, a, a weapon or something that really stands out or something like that. And so uh, I just think these are really cool. I, I'm always a fan when these pop in um, uh, the store to buy them. And as an ESO plus member, you get like an extra discount on them. So. But cool, yeah. man. That's that's all that's all Davius this week. Sweet. So just werewolf party. Just werewolf party. And and collecting cool motifs. I'll be joining you on the werewolf party here pretty soon. I know it's like the fifteenth time in a row I've said <laughs> that, but I am itching to level up a new character. Uh, and I know I can just turn any of my characters into a, were- a werewolf, but you know, an excuse to make a brand new character, why not? Yeah. So I'll do it eventually. Um, my week, I've been splitting up my week between a couple of characters. Uh, I've been playing quite a bit on my Magicka Warden, Aunt Lola. Uh, and she's like a 50-50 healer slash offensive kind of build. Um, just a reminder of the gear that she's wearing. It's five pieces Hedy's Hearth, uh, five pieces Curse Eater, uh, which the five pieces only complete on the back bar. And because she has the Master Fire Staff on the front bar... Um, and then two pieces, Mighty Chudan, one of my favorite monster sets. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's the build. Uh, it's a really fun build. Um, this is one I talk about all the time. Like if I'm just uh, not really sure who I want to play with, uh, this is one that I could just easily grab. And it's just kind of, it's kind of like driving one of those big, like grand marquee, luxury vehicles or something <laughs> like that you know uh it just it just cruises right along uh really smooth easy ride I, I feel like this build is like if there's ever a time where you know 
PvP is not going well, or maybe battlegrounds aren't going well. You're just in a lot of sweaty matches or swampy matches. You know, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah scroll, the, the phrase that we coined that everyone scroll says in, now. Scroll into you. Yeah. <laughs> everyone um, says that now. Everybody of course. says swampy matches, so you know you get some swampy ones. Um, but I feel like this is the build that you're. You'll be like, you know what? I'm not liking all these. I, I got to go grab Lola, which is going to guarantee some great matches. <laughs> it's just like your happy build. You just go to it. You know, it's going to be great. It's going to work out yeah. really well. It really is often that is what she is. Like even in Imperial City and stuff, if we get keep getting squashed or, or whatever, or if we just kind of want to be ready for whatever comes our way, just go grab Lola. We'll be ready for, <laughs> for whatever we encounter. It's pretty nice. Uh, that that master fire staff. Uh, I've said it before, but that is the perfect. That was that final little piece that she needed to just go to the next level. Um, so that thing, whenever you hit somebody with um, destructive reach or whichever morph, uh, it gives you an extra six hundred spell damage. Um, so it gives her considerably more firepower, and it buffs uh, her heals as well. So it's 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 a really, really nice addition to that build. I like it a lot. And most of her heals are are, uh, are heal over time, right? Yeah, she has a lot of heals over time, a lot of like healing uh, circles. Uh, so like you have the Hades Hearth Circle, uh, Illustrious Healing, Budding Seeds, the Healing Thicket Ultimate. So it's just like circles upon circles upon circles of just life-giving goodness. So... So when you cast one of those heal over times with that weapon damage, or the, I'm sorry, spell damage, sorry, too many stamina characters, <laughs> with the spell damage buff, does that keep that spell damage buff through the end of that heal over time? No, it, like the when the spell damage wears off, then like from the from the fire staff, it gives me that 600 spell damage for four seconds. And then after that four seconds, when that falls off, my, my heals... My hots will no longer be empowered by that. So if it's like uh, a, they'll, six, they'll be weaker. a six second hot... They will only tick with that spell damage buff for four seconds. Right, exactly. And then those last two ticks will be a little bit weaker. And it, it works nicely having Curse Eater only on the back bar because Curse Eater, it provides a cleanse only when you directly heal someone. And I only have direct heals on my back bar, so it doesn't do anything on my front bar anyway. Uh, so it's really not losing anything whatsoever and i just get to slide that fire staff on there and uh it's really really nice yeah that's that that's when you get that that gear set up just pieced together perfectly that's one of those situations right there yeah i love it when it just the the planets align you get that last little tetris piece in there and it just like <laughs> ah. um the character I've been spending the most time with, it may surprise you, uh, is my Stamina Templar, Old Betsy. I don't believe uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was the same last week, but uh, you know, what can I say? She's my main for a reason. I like that you said it was the same just last week, as, yeah, as opposed the, the to character. the last, you know, month, several months that it's been your... Right, right. <laughs> yeah, just like last week and the week before and the week before. <laughs> Uh, what's special about this week uh, is Betsy's build is finally finished. Uh, <laughs> now, I know you're thinking, like, how is her build not finished? You've been playing with this character forever. Well, I was always just... I, I have the wild hunt ring on her, and I, I don't know. I just never felt right about transmuting it. Like, uh, it was the first mythic item I got, and I felt like I don't want to... I don't want to mar it by changing it or whatever. So I always knew in my mind, like it should be infused. It comes in swift, but I know like for my build to be at its best, it should be infused, but I don't want to do it right now. Um, but 
finally brought myself to do it. It's infused now. Still have you know that extra seven percent movement speed. I wasn't really even benefiting from because I'm I'm over the speed cap most of the time. Um, so I, I really don't even miss that seven percent movement speed. Uh, so that infuse give me a little bit more weapon damage. Um, and she already has a ton of weapon damage, so I, I barely even notice because she already hits super hard, but hey, why not? Just a little bit harder. A little bit harder. Can't hurt. Um, and I've been having a ton of fun with her this week because uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of Cyrodiil, which I, I don't normally do much Cyrodiil because I'm always turned off by the performance. Um, but like we were talking about last week... Um, this week is kind of special in Cyrodiil. They're doing this uh, this special test number five that we were really excited about where um, group sizes are limited to 12 players and you can't heal anyone outside of your group. So that's a, that's a tested area that a lot of people have been kind of asking for for a long time. And I, and I myself have been very curious about it. So I've been diving in there with both of the characters that I just mentioned, my Magicka Warden and Betsy. And I specifically wanted to use those two because I felt like they'd be a good kind of comparison to one another. Lola, my my, Mag, my Magden is primarily a healer with some offensive capability, while Betsy is just straight offensive. Uh, and so I, I thought it would be good to see what their experiences are like. Because uh, this new situation, you know, uh, a healing-focused character player finds themselves in a very different Cyrodiil um, than than we've seen in the past. It's it's kind of wild, actually. Like a solo healer, there's really no place for you. That is pretty wild to think about. Um, but probably a good thing in, in Cyrodiil. Like we discussed, you know, that's that's probably it's probably a good thing. It's a it's interesting. I mean, you know, I bet some players would disagree. You know, I, I know there's some people that that's what they like to do. They like to just jump on their healer, healer go run around in Cyrodiil, find a, a ball group to follow around, spam some heals. Well, I'm just, and that's just, I just mean it in the sense that if, if there, if you are going to go into Cyrodiil and you're in, you know, I'll use my main as example, Templar healer main, he absolutely actually deals zero damage, but it makes more sense because this really encourages you to actually find a group and be a little bit more focused. Uh, and, you know, I know that, you know, some people don't want to go and join a group, but, if you if you kind of take that plunge and, and and join a group and get a little bit more focused, it does make Cyrodiil a little bit more fun. It's fun. The problem is, at least in my experiences, it's just not always that easy. You know, like I I do the the non alliance locked campaign, uh, which is admittedly a little bit lower population most of the time. But I was I was typing healer LFG in chat like over and over and over again. I I never got an invite, and I. Went so far as to just started. I started randomly inviting other players around me, um, but as soon as one of us would die or something, they would just drop out a group, and I just couldn't get a group going, hmm. you know. And so, um, eventually, you know, this character has some firepower, but it's really like supplemental firepower. It's really kind of an aspect of how she provides support. Uh, so on her own, she doesn't really, especially in a champion point environment, she doesn't kill a lot of people. She can keep herself alive, you know, and that's fu fun for a little while. Um, but basically, eventually, I just determined like, okay, unless I have a preformed group that I'm rolling with, I'm just not going to go to Cyrodiil with a healer. Um, and that's always been like my primary way of farming AP, you know, go find a Zerg fight, yep. go find a, a, a siege somewhere and just spam some heals, rack up the AP. That makes, you actually make a really good point because if this, you know, this is still just a test. So, you know, nothing's final yet, but this, 
has been the one that people have talked about, prob- you know, as their favorite, and, and they hope this is the one that, that happens. Uh, and, you know, me and you have both said that. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, because think about a, you know, a group that works together that they are actually grouped up. Think about how much that group could just melt a non-grouped up Zerg. Like, they will just melt right through them. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally, man. I mean, I've, I was in some Zerg fights, and it's a totally different experience. I was planning on talking about it a little bit later, but I'll just get into it now. Um, I found, like, there was a Volendrung fight. Like, a, the, the hammer fell somewhere. <laughs> hammer fell, huh? The ham- <laughs> nice. hammer fell in, uh, in Cyrodiil. Someone got it, and... As as you know, anytime Volendrug is present, a massive, massive Zerg fight is about to go down. And that's exactly what happened. It was a straight, huge, large-scale fight with all three factions there, a gazillion players on the screen. Um, and it was it was crazy because you don't have that protective safety net of just heals all around you. Even though you're surrounded by allies, hundreds of allies you're still kind of all on your own anyway. I mean, they're providing body blocks, so you kind of have some protection that way, but that's it. Um, although I did notice synergies work. So like if you're standing in uh, like some uh, Templar's uh, ritual, you can still get that synergy to cleanse yourself. It's just not healing you. That's, that's a big change, though. That's a big change. It's, it's wild. And, but on, on the flip side, like you can dive into an enemy Zerg and pick out a player and kill them, you know, and hopefully get out of there before you get, get surrounded. But, uh, it's a very different kind of fight. Uh, and, uh, performance was better. It wasn't totally perfect, but really the only time it was like noticeably bad was during that Volendrung fight. Uh, when there was like, seriously, like, a crazy amount of players on the screen. Uh, all all other times, performance seemed really good. Hmm. I think my ideal thing here would be to ha- have it sort of work just like this, except allow direct heals to go outside of the group. You know, so no heals over time. Any like uh, like ground effects or anything like that won't apply to anyone but if you're a templar you have a breath of life you can you can hit that on anyone you know or some, something like yeah. that i think that would be a nice little little sweet spot for that yeah i i agree with you there needs to be a little something because you know a lot of the time when you know when i'm running through cyrodiil you come up on a fight and you'll see an ally and maybe they're outnumbered you know three to one or two to one and so you drop down and try to heal them up to try to help them uh, well, if, you know, in this situation, you're, you can't, yeah, there's nothing you can do to help that person. Other than you can join in the fight, but if they're already at 10% health, there's nothing you can do to try to, to help them heal them up. So I do think that, I don't know how the best way to do that. Maybe like you said, maybe a breath of life or something, but I feel like there needs to be some way you can, you know, kind of help a, a stranger ally that you come up on or is in a fight or something. I think if they would just allow just direct instant heals to go outside of the group. Surely that wouldn't uh, impact uh, performance all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be the sweet spot, especially, you know, you think about, I mean, think about you and me, the first few times we went into Cyrodiil, we didn't know anything. <laughs> we were just like baby lambs being led to the slaughter, yep. you know, and thankfully there were some, some random healers around to help us out stay alive a little long enough to kind of figure out what's going on there. There's a lot of players like that that are benefiting a lot from 
having this, these random heels around. And I think ha- having a little bit of that in the form of direct heels would, it'd be nice to keep that around, I think. Yeah. But, you know, this is just a test scenario. So, you know, we could do the, the final form of this could be, you know, any, any version of this. Yeah. That's kind of the wild thing to think about is that, you know, they, this is what, six tests. Yeah, we're in week six right now. You know, they could pull four of the tests together for what they decide to be the final, you know, at least some component of it. I I don't think it'll be like exactly those tests. Or even if they don't combine any of them, even if they just do one of them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the the test was just for gathering the data, but the actual implementation might be a lot different. Yeah. And and or a lot more nuanced. Yeah. I I have to think that it's going to be whatever they go with, it's going to be much much um, less than what they've been doing in the test, a much more minor change. Because uh, some of these tests are pretty dramatic. Pretty extreme. I think this this week, or the, the week number five, has been elucidating. I think hopefully they're gathering some really good data. I think I've observed some really interesting things, and I'm sure they have as well. Um, this week uh, is week six. This is the final serial test. The tests are over after this. Um, and it's basically the same as week five, the, the one we were just talking about. Um, but in addition to that, if you have uh, six or more group members, uh, then uh, your AOEs have individual cooldowns and a ramping cost if you cast them back to back on top of not being able to heal outside of your group. This one's interesting to me because this to me is the one that promotes like little battleground groups to run through Cyrodiil, like little four man Yes, yeah. you know it strongly promotes small scale yeah, play. Yeah, little sure. small groups to go in and to to be effective. Um, which I don't know, you know, could be cool. I don't know what that'll do for performance, but um, yeah, it seems like if you have six or more members in your group, then you're like the siege squad. I would think, yeah. right? Like that's going to be like what what you're there for. Yeah, because you're if you run, I, I would think that if you have if you're a group of ten. And then you run into a group of five that doesn't have these. I think that group of five uh, is going to take you're you toast. out. Yeah, they're going to wipe. They're going to absolutely. Wipe you out. Uh, or even, you're absolutely toast. Even a group of five taking out a group of twelve if they've got all these debuffs. So it'll be interesting to to see that play out for sure. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's been our week in Cyrodiil. Um, well, let's move on and talk about uh, the PTS this week. So this is uh, Public Test Server Week 4's version 6.2.3. Um, it's another somewhat quiet uh, week on the, on the PTS, but there are a few things that are kind of interesting. Um, I'll just kind of name off some of the, the stuff that's happening that I'm not going to really get into the details with, but they're, they're testing out mid-year mayhem. Um, there's a handful of antiquities fixes, a bunch of miscellaneous art and animation fixes. They're still tweaking the Vatishran uh, arena, uh, getting that dialed in. Actually, a, a really long list of tweaks to that thing. Uh, hopefully, they're, they're getting close to, to what they want on that. Um, really surprising to me, there were a ton of uh, fixes related to questing and and zones did you notice that davies yeah i i was waiting to kind of for you to get through these but 
this was like the PTS of fixes this week. It was, it was, you know, it was like, well, there's not really a whole lot of changes. But as you're going through these, these, the the patch notes, it's like, man, there are so many little subtle fixes and corrections and tweaks. It's like they are really doing some serious uh, cleanup. And it was interesting to me. I don't know, like, how much you read through them, but they were so minor. It was like fixing this NPC's like mouth movement for when they speak to make it more in line. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, like that is very specific and detailed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A ton of, a ton of fixes. I'm specifically related to questing. I was just surprised at just the number of quest related fixes there were. So they um, are kind of adjusting this new uh, ethereal ascension crafted set. Um, so this is the one where you get like a ton of resistance, but uh, it reduces or it increases the cost of your block, sprint, dodge, and break free by 25%. Um, well, they reduce that down to 20%. So now you have a 20% penalty for all those things uh, in exchange for like 10K resistance or something crazy like that, right? Yeah, I, I think that... I think they're going in the right direction, but, and maybe I'm just looking at this from a PVP standpoint, but there's such a massive cost increase to so many very, and PVP, you know, blocking, sprint, dodge, break free, and just your overall stamina, you need to have those. I don't know. I just don't know if maxing out, you know, your, your, your armor, hitting the armor cap is, is enough to make up for those that that massive cost increase I, I like that the cost increase is going down but i don't know maybe it's a more of a pve theme set i don't do enough pve to know if this would be something that like a tank would be really interested in or something or maybe it frees up uh, if they can hit the armor cap really easy as a tank maybe it frees up a lot of other stuff they can do um, what if uh what if you wore this and the snow treaders so you can't be snared or immobilized. So that takes care of part of it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and just if you have that much resistance, maybe you don't need to block that much. So you just adopt a play style. You might have something there because you can't no sprint. No blocking is necessary. You can't sprint with those, right? Isn't that? Yeah, you can't sprint anyway. So, so that's that. not even an issue. Uh, you don't have to worry about break free. Maybe you're onto something there. Well, you still would get stunned. So you would, you would have... You would have to break free, but that's that's it pretty much. Or just your your stamina would be saved for that. And ideally, you wouldn't have to block as much because you'd be tanky. I mean, that yeah. sounds good. I just in the current, and I'm thinking battlegrounds. You know, and, and I'm thinking snow treaders has got to be mandatory with that yeah, set, right? Yeah. Like, got to be. I'm a little, and this is coming from somebody who always plays tanky. I feel like that's my go-to, but. Playing tanky is scary to do right now, you know, especially in battlegrounds. But, you know, in, in Imperial City or Cyrodiil, maybe with CP, you could be a little bit tankier. But in battlegrounds, it's it's a little scary right now to play tanky. I feel like yeah, it's hard to be tanky. Uh, they've also adjusted the Red Eagles Fury set. Um, so this is this is a weird one. This is one. Remember before we we were comparing it to New Moon Acolyte? It gives you like four hundred and sixty one <laughs> uh, damage and increases the. Uh, it gives you four hundred sixty one damage to your weapon abilities, but then increases the cost of your non weapon abilities by five percent. Well, this week they've changed it so that it increases the cost of your weapon abilities by five percent. Uh, on top of the the 461 uh, weapon spell damage that is giving to those same abilities, it's it's a 
It's a baffling thing, isn't it? I'm, I'm telling you, there's there's a developer over at Zoss that listens to the podcast. He he heard, you know, two weeks ago, we were like, this really sounds like the new New Moon Acolyte. You know, that's kind of what this is. And that developer was like, wait a minute, it it is the New Moon Acolyte. So now they actually said in the notes, like, this is very similar to New Moon Acolyte. <laughs> yeah, except now I think New Moon Acolyte is clearly better because that new moon acolyte is giving you basically a similar penalty but it's giving you the actual weapon and spell damage stat to your character which is way yeah. more beneficial than giving it to these specific abilities all jokes aside i don't like this change i really liked the no. idea of this set that it was like all right if you use this you're all in on your your weapon abilities you know i have a character my stam necro is that way you're all in on your weapon abilities and so it almost encouraged you to really go all in on the weapon abilities stay away you know stay away from class abilities and, and and other skill lines and so i just i'm really bummed to see that change it was really cool that it was like all right if you're gonna do this you're gonna go all in now it just it almost the set almost doesn't make sense to me because it's it's you get a buff on your weapon abilities, but they're going to cost more. I just I don't know. I I'm not uh, like you said. It's kind of a not as good new moon acolyte now. So I, this was a set that I was actually kind of excited to tinker with, and and it uh, it kind of knocked the wind out of my sails a little bit with this change. Yeah, I feel like anyone considering this set is probably going to go for new moon acolyte instead. That's just. Well, actually, they're probably going to go for Briarheart if they're a stamina build. Or even, I mean, you know, obviously this just says weapon, just flat weapons, but most, you know, there's they just made a buff to most of those weapon sets that give you 600 damage for a specific weapon. So why wouldn't you just go, if you already know what weapon you're using, why wouldn't you just go with one of those over this? Because that was... That's a really great point. Like, if you're using... Like a two-hander, then you'd probably be better off with, what is it, Sword Singer or Sword Dancer, sword, one of those sword, two? I think it's Sword Dancer. Yeah, Sword Dancer. And it's one I can't think now. Now I'm getting them mixed yeah, up. Yeah, but... in that case, you're getting 600 weapon damage to those abilities. No cost increase. Uh, and no cost increase, yeah. So I just, it doesn't make sense. It, it um, I was really excited to pair it up with one of those sets to really just have this really heavy hitting, but only... Um, weapon. I just I don't really see I guess, the point. To I guess I guess the thing with with this is you could it could apply to two different weapons, right? You could have one on your front bar and then a different weapon on your back bar, and they'd both get yeah. it. That's the difference. But still, like you're probably only going to care about it on your front bar, right? That's like, that's the way I would think. Is it not many times on your back bar, unless you're maybe if you're a magicka character and you're doing like a destro resto like a destro staff and then a restoration staff so yeah that's the build i was thinking would be great for this set but not now with this five percent cost increase to those abilities yeah, i just like i don't like that it. really this set was way more interesting yeah. the other way yeah i'm with you there i just i'm not i'm, I'm my wind's kind of knocked out of sales on this one i'm not near as as interested in it Put it back. <laughs> JJ Put back. it back. <laughs> we still have time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, made a few changes to uh, some dropped sets. So, all right. They finally did it. It happened. They, they nerfed Sheer Venom, which means they nerfed Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's. My baby boy. Old Bobby Bobango. <laughs> um, so, that's really actually not a big nerf, and it's still a super duper powerful set. Probably more reasonably balanced now yeah. they reduce the damage to 6576 
instead of 8,766, still over six seconds. Um, so like 2,000 less. Uh, it still has that insane 100% ramping cost based on your enemies missing health. So it's still ridiculously powerful. Um, I'm definitely going to keep using it on my Stamina Necromancer bow build for sure. Uh, I think anyone who's been using it, you know, probably still keep using it. It's still going to be super strong. It's been like hilariously yes. OP this patch, and now it's just going to be very, very strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's using this set right now. I mean, it's everybody's using it. And so it's nice to, yeah. to kind of knock it off its ledge and, and try to spread it out a little bit where not everybody is, it's, you know. I like this change. It's still very good. Like you said, a lot of people will still use it, um, but it probably will at least knock some of the users off to go find something else to where not everybody in uh, PvP is using this set. Yeah, totally. Um, they've made some uh, more adjustments to the Ring of the Pale Order, and I actually think this is really, really nice. So uh, now Ring of the Pale Order heals for 18% of your damage done instead of 15%. Really nice. Uh, but they decreased the healing cap to 2,750 instead of 3,750. So they shaved 1,000 off of that. Um, what's really nice, I think this is actually a pretty massive buff for any PvP builds that this ring finds itself on, uh, and a little bit of a PvE nerf, although still super duper duper strong uh, in PvE. Um, the cap of 2,750 in PV in PVP, you're still never going to hit that cap uh, unless you're just, you know, fighting someone who isn't wearing any armor at all. But it's still that's a high enough number where you're not likely to hit that cap at all. Uh, in PVE, you're going to hit that cap super duper easily. But like we were saying last time in PVE, you have so many sources of damage, and this this item has zero cooldown. So every single dot tick, every single light attack weave, everything is proccing this thing every single time. So this, you could probably solo a dungeon, and this could be your only solitary source yeah. of healing, and you'd be totally fine. It seems like they're really playing with the math, but they're really trying to make it where this isn't the source, you know, this isn't the new way to heal in PVE. But it's still, you know, but it will, you know, be really good for somebody that's going into solo PvP. I feel like that's what they're, you know, and they've kind of much as much as said as said that, but um, they're really, it seems like they're really trying to avoid this being the new PvE healing meta, uh, but they yeah. want it used in PvP. The message is clear. Hey, it's for PvP. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> PvE people, stay yeah. away from it. It's for PvP. Although it's it's still going to be insanely effective for PvE yes. as well. Yeah, very much. Uh, probably, you know, I doubt. Probably the some PvE expert can write in scrollpodcast gmail dot com if you want. Uh, I'm sure, like the top tier, highly organized raid groups, probably not going to be using this. Probably still going to need healers. I'm sure the math works out in such a way where, yeah, you know, it's got to well, be that way. That's the tough thing about PVE, right? It's got to be is that think about the scale of, you know, um, fungal grotto compared to, you know, the most recent trial or some of those more recent. Uh, oh, the DLC, the DLC dungeons? dungeons. Thank you. Uh, but you know, fungal grotto to that, trying to make something work for all that. So I think that for anybody that's running, you know, uh, original dungeons, you know, you're doing your veteran dungeon runs for keys or something like that. I could very much see this item being the new quick way to run through those dungeons. Um, but I think 
at least this seems like what their strategy is in the in the hard dlc dungeons or the trials they don't want this to take over uh but i just don't think there's anything they can do with with the veteran dungeons if you get a good group you the way you can run through those is that i think this is going to be kind of the new way to uh run through those quickly because that's kind of what you know the 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 original dungeons on veteran and you're running through those it's kind of all about speed nowadays um so i just think that this is probably going to take those over yeah we're just anyone who likes to challenge themselves you know doing soloing things soloing world bosses or soloing dungeons or even arenas like this new arena is probably going to straight carry people yeah. this thing's going to straight carry people through that it's be great for arenas. um if you've never beat veteran maelstrom arena this will probably carry you through that i imagine um yeah, I I think there's lots and lots and lots of really great PvE applications and, and PvP. I mean, obviously PvP, my stab sork is going to be all over this thing, dude. It's going to be amazing. He's so speedy and zippy, like healers can't heal him anyway, you know. So he's, I think he's going to majorly benefit from this. Wouldn't it be cool if it was like a belt or something though? <laughs> yeah, man. We we said this before. It's like we got like my characters are just like they got so many rings, we're running out of fingers here, dude. Like. Yeah, a belt, uh, uh, what, a pair of pants, <laughs> some, tr- some trousers. Give me some trousers that really heal me when <laughs> yeah. I deal that damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and they've adjusted some of these arena weapons as well. Uh, the Executioner's Blade, this is the new uh, arena dual wield. Um, so they're increasing the damage done um, by up to 250%. Uh, to targets under 100% health, right? So it's it's more of this ramping increased damage based on how much health they're missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say that's that's about 2.5% damage per 1% missing health. Uh, rather than 200, a straight 200% uh, additional damage against targets under 25% health. So it used to be just a straight execute, right? It would just do bonus damage to people under 25% health and there's no ramping cost it's just 200% as soon as they hit 25% health now it's as much as 250% but uh, it's based on how much health they're missing starting at 100% health Yeah. Um, one more aspect that they've added is uh, it now also restores half of the, the stamina cost uh, when you hit somebody who's under 50% health with hidden blade so there's all there's a lot of percentage talk here. <laughs> you do more and more damage based on their missing health with with that ability, and when they get dipped below fifty percent health, you get half of the ability's cost back. I pretty weird. I like the idea of this. I like that it makes the dual wield weapon buff ability more usable, but I still think we're missing the mark here when you have to hit them from behind. <laughs> One thing missing it's, here, guys. I mean, they don't even mention it, but I'm assuming that's still sticking with it. That, yeah. Uh, I just, I, you know, this only, this only, and it's not even from a flank, right? The sides nope, don't count. It's got to be, it's got to be behind. Which in PVE maybe is easier to do. I'm sure it is on a boss if you've got a tank keeping up. You know, so maybe that's yeah, where it gets bigger. I don't see but, any. I don't see any PVE builds dedicating two slots to this. You know, yeah, like it's true. It's probably other PVE builds going to be just just to buff that one ability. I just don't see that happening. This is strictly a PVP thing, and 
I think if it was from a target's flank, we, we might be onto something here. But the fact that it's straight, you have to be behind them. Yeah, I, it still turns me off big time. I love that they're buffing it. I, I want the dual wield weapon damage ability to be usable. The weapon buff ability. I want it to be the usable. Hidden blade. I want it to be where, you know, if you have dual wield, you don't have to depend on, you know, some other way to get that, that damage buff. So it's nice. It's just, I don't. It's almost all lost because how often are you going to hit somebody from behind in PvP? Yeah, it almost doesn't matter what else they do here. It's like, oh, it gives me 10 billion damage. <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. Uh, it's just, ah, we're so close. So close. Yeah. Um, frenzied momentum. Uh, this is the, the new arena two-hander. It can no longer generate stacks while outside of combat. Um, but it does retain the stacks from previous encounters. So if you've played a Nightblade and you've used uh, Grim Focus, their their burst attack, it kind of works that same way. Still, still great. That one's that one's still fantastic. Great. That was like I said, my prediction. It's gonna be it's gonna go to the top of the list. Yeah, I don't think that really affects uh, like people's excitement about that at all. Uh, point blank snipe. This is a weird <sighs> one. They, oh they've they've uh, adjusted this a little bit. Buckle up. So. So this was it, it the original iteration it it gives snipe an additional 33% damage when you're 7 meters or closer to your target. Uh now instead of that um it's it's bonus damage scales between 5% and 33% based on your distance and and the closer you are the the more damage it does. Uh, but to get the full 33%, you have to be three meters away from your target. You have to be right up in their grill to get that full that full buff. And then it goes down to 5% when you're at 18.5 meters or more uh, away from the target. Um, the reason they did this is to make it more in alignment. You know, there's a bow passive that gives you bonus damage based on how far away you are from your target, right? The further away you are, the more damage you deal. And so this item is like diametrically opposed to what the bow wants you to do. Um, so they wanted you to be able to at least be getting something. You're at least still getting 5% bonus damage when you're yeah. far away. Still a weird one. I don't know, man. I, I'm curious <laughs> to see what people do with this thing. 33% damage to snipe. That's that is enticing, and I I really hope I do see some clever gankers <laughs> pull it off. I feel like it's going to be hard though for three, three meters. meters. Unless someone's just unless someone's just freaking standing there doing like AFK. I feel like that's the only way you're going to pull that. The off. only way I could see it working is if somehow you put in you know you're gonna the combo's got to be you gap close to somebody and then hit this right like gap close stun and then yeah, hit this probably is that's what you gotta do. be the way to do it which would be cool if somebody could make that work that would be really really cool to see in action but um it's gonna take some some strategy to to make it work um and then the new uh destro staff wrath of elements so they increase the damage done um to twenty three thousand seven ten up from 21,400 and it still has a 10 second duration so 23,000 instead of 21,000 over 10 seconds uh, and then each time the tether damages an enemy it increases its damage by 1% up to 20 times so it can do up to 20% 
more damage and they they buffed the base amount of damage too so that's that's a lot of damage yeah this is going to be if you see a tether on you you need to break it get this away thing's going to be really popular thing. yeah this is going to be really popular and i'm calling it now i'm going to we're i think we're going to see dragon knights with this and zon's monster set. yeah i think that's going to be a pretty potent combo yeah. What if there's like a new build that's going to happen where it's just all tethers and beams on your enemy? You just have to stay close to him and all these abilities just hit him for crazy amounts. Yeah, it's called a necromancer, I think. <laughs> Zoss had that idea a little while back. Um, as far as combat changes, really hardly anything, although one peculiar thing. You know they've been kind of toying around with the uh, Frost Staff uh, and one more little tweak in that regard they've made is with wall of elements specifically wall of frost only the frost variant um, has had its cost increased to 4050 instead of uh, 3780 so like 300 costs like 300 more magicka uh, but they removed the 25% damage penalty that they gave this uh, uh, originally uh, so I don't know if you missed it uh, on a couple of weeks ago on PTS they they basically reduced the the amount of damage that Frostwall does. Now they've they've given that damage back, but they've they've increased the cost, which is perplexing. I'm not sure why that was necessary. Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit, but maybe they just I don't know. Maybe they just decided with with everything this thing's got going on that uh, it, its passives and and debuffs are just a little bit better than the other abilities or something, but. Yeah, yeah, maybe with Frostwall, it's doing a lot, right? Because it can it, it can apply the minor brittle, which I guess not just Frostwall, but it 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 has the highest likelihood yeah. to but apply minor brittle. If that's the case, it's very odd because they, with all of the Destro staff stuff, it seems like they want each one to be dedicated to something but balanced. So I don't know. Maybe they just said, you know, all right, this one does a little bit more, so it's gonna cost a little more. I mean, I guess that's where they see the balance. But it gives that new shield with a reflect. Yep. Um, I guess so, but I wish they hadn't. I, I would like to just see it cost the same and do the same amount of damage as the other, uh, you know, walls of elements. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of players who really want to play a frost mage, but you you kind of can't. There's not really a way to make a good frost mage that actually competes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's just it's one of the it's. Of the three, it's the hardest one. You can't you can't go all in, all in on that one. I feel like on on flame or lightning, you can can kind of go all in and, and go with that theme, but you can't you can't really do that with frost and be effective. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and then I thought we would check back in on these major, minor buff and debuff changes. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go back through the list. Nothing has changed with any of that. I'm just kind of. Just kind of touching base on it, just getting a sense again of how people are feeling about it. Um, they, they still got it right on the first go. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed I, it's, it. It still amazes me that no yeah. further adjustments have been made to any of Even that. Even if it's, it's like one percent, it is crazy. They, I mean, they. I don't think it's going to change at this point with this many. Nah. Uh, the PTS. I think that's what it's going to go live with. I could. I, I could see maybe like one, like maybe up, uh, like oh, we did the math wrong on this one, you know, maybe. But yeah, it seems like they're pretty confident about it. Uh, one thing I've seen people kind of lamenting is that the monster set Slimecraw is probably gonna be 
going into the bank or the decon pile because <laughs> minor berserk, you know, 5% extra damage probably isn't going to be worth dedicating an entire monster set to. Um, so slime craw has always been kind of this bread and butter. Like you don't know what monster set to use, uh, throw in slime craw. It'll be fine. If you don't already have minor berserk, can't go wrong with slime craw. Um, that's probably not going to, I doubt people are going to bother using this anymore. Um, it's people aren't going to go out of their way to get minor yeah. berserk in their builds anymore. I don't think it's going to be down near the bottom of the, of the list for monster sets now for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, another thing about these major minor buff changes, something that was kind of brought to light while I was reading some conversations, is that um, some classes benefit a lot more than others uh, from some of these things. Uh, in particular, the uh, the recovery buffs like uh, endurance and intellect and I think the health one is called fortitude. Um, so here's an example. So minor endurance, right? That's a very common stamina recovery buff right just about every stamina build has that it's in rally which basically every stamina build uses it's also in circle of protection that ev everyone has access to that ability as well um very very common very uh uncommon for a stamina build to not have minor endurance um whereas minor intellect it only has three sources and they're from class abilities only sorcerers templars and wardens those three classes and nobody else have access to minor intellect. And that's that's a free 10% extra damage that those classes are getting that no other Magicka classes are getting. Um, and on top of that, uh, minor magic steel was also nerfed. And there's no stamina equivalent to minor magic steel. So that, you know, there's nothing, no equivalent thing to get nerfed there. Uh, and stamina inherently has... Uh, really good sustain built in and i'm not talking about medium armor passes i'm talking about stamina abilities themselves as a rule they cost i think 15 percent less than their magicka counterparts because the reasoning is you know you use stamina for blocking and sprinting and all this other stuff so it's a balancing thing there but in this instance here it's an oversight uh, because Basically, all stamina builds are benefiting way more from these recovery buffs than Magicka builds are. Um, and then Magicka builds, on top of that, are getting a little bit of a nerf, because minor magic steel is very, very common. Um, so for that to get nerfed and for stamina to not have an equivalent thing to also get nerfed, plus they have yeah. minor endurance, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wacky balance thing that I think needs to be looked at. Yeah, that's probably the biggest variable that I'm uh, preparing for, at least, is is to see what sustain looks like after all this launches. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine it's just going to be crazy like we've talked, but um, I have some ideas for changes I'm going to do to adjust to it. But I feel like I really just want to wait and just kind of see what sustain is actually going to look like. Cause it's going to be off the charts, dude. I can already tell you, I've been fiddling around with some builds on PTS and stuff. For for me, anyway, for any stamina build wearing medium armor, like five pieces medium armor, I basically don't need to invest in stamina hardly at all. I can just dump it all into damage and I'm going to be fine. That's crazy. Yeah. That's kind of my ideas that I have so far. So usually I use uh, jewelry. It's kind of where I get my go-to for sustain after I have a build if, if, if everything else comes out right. But... Uh, it'll just kind of be sustained glyphs straight to damage glyphs. Uh, mm -hmm. Just kind of straight across the board, just make that switch. Uh, but 
there's also certain builds I have that I'm kind of worried about this. So, you know, I love my Stamsork build. You know, that's a very yin-yang build, uh, but it's got a lot of uh, sustain, you know, with the Torque and, um, you know, the, yeah. the Greymore set uh, that is based on sustain. Uh, you know, is that, I don't know if that, you know, is that build still going to be necessary? Because it's got a lot of sustain focus. I don't know. Um that's kind yeah. of the other that's kind it's of my worry with all this sustain stuff is is it gonna make uh you know there's a lot of sets out there that are very sustain focused are these sets gonna kind of just disappear a little bit because you don't really need them that's an interesting point because you and I both have made some builds where we kind of come up with clever ways of sustaining uh and now it's like well that's not even necessary because mm-hmm. sustaining's so incredibly easy um so yeah that's an interesting thing to keep in mind. Uh, in other news, um, you can get ESO Plus for free. There's a free trial. If you have a friend or someone who is interested in checking it out, or if you yourself have never subscribed to ESO Plus before and you want to see what it's what it's all about, you can do that right now until October 19th uh, and see what's going on there. What's really cool, pro tip, uh, even if you have zero intentions of subscribing after the trial ends, what you can do is get in on that free ESO uh, Plus trial, fill up your craft bag with as much stuff as you can cram in there, and then when the trial ends, that stuff stays in there and you can still pull it out. You just can't put stuff back in. So, you know, you can kind of take advantage that way. That craft bag, that thing's addictive. You got to be careful because that's that's what will get you on the ESO Plus right there. That that's the bag. thing. I mean, that's the thing <laughs> that, that, the that thing. gets people in there. Totally. And, you know, double transmutes. I think you get, uh, don't you get double oh, yeah. bank space too, I think? I forgot um, about the massive double, transmute change. Double it's the amount of items you can put in your house. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. 10% XP boost. Um, so, yeah, free ESO Plus now until October 19th. Um, emails. Davius, I have a surprise for you. Uh-oh. We, we got an email this week. <laughs> All right. How exciting, right? New streak. We're starting a new streak. It's happening. <laughs> yep. Uh, they're going to start flooding in any day now. Any day. <laughs> so uh, this is from Hoffmeister, uh, PCEU. Um, he says, hey, guys, absolutely loving the podcast. and have to say I look forward to it every week. Thank you very much, Hoffmeister. Yeah, thanks. Uh, he says he recently started using a version of my Bokro build, uh, and he says, I've always wanted to get into PvP, but always ended up getting destroyed. I know what that's like. Uh, since I've had this build, I've definitely win the majority of games, and it's added a whole new level of enjoyment for me. Wow. Glad to hear it, dude. Fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one question I did have, however, is how you managed to get 23.3k health on your health bar. Uh, I copied the build exactly. I've go- I've golded out mostly everything, yet I still only have 16.9k health. He also goes on to say, I'm really looking forward to the Stamden build and have started leveling one myself. Which race do you use? And he says, thanks again for the build. I love the setups you guys come up with because they're so unique. Thanks for writing, man. That's a, yeah. that's a great email. That's awesome. Um, I'll try to back up and answer your questions here. So for my... Um, for my stamina necromancer bow build, the way I get to 23.3k health, basically I only have three investments in health. Uh, it's my food, dubious Cameron throne, 
Uh, try stat glyphs on all uh, all seven armor pieces, and I think that's very important on mm-hmm. that particular build. Um, and then uh, the undaunted metal passive. And now it's a seven medium build, so you're only getting a little bit out of that passive, but every little bit does count. So those three things: make sure you have health, try stat glyphs on your on your armor, uh, and the undaunted metal passive. Those are the only investments I have in health on that build right there. Try stat glyphs are are really. I mean, me and you have kind of both become this way on almost every, you know, they're, they're a grind to get, whether you're, if you're spending gold, they're, they can be expensive or, you know, if you're mm-hmm. farming foreman, they can, they can take a, a little bit of a grind, but in PVP, they're just, they're such a, such an upgrade over any other glyph. Those tri-stat glyphs make a huge difference. It, it really, it just gives you so many more stat points to work with and mm-hmm. you, it just makes it a lot easier to, to spread things around and get things nice and rounded out. For sure. Um, and then for the question on, wh- on which race do I use for my Stamden, it's actually also a Wood Elf, just like my uh, Stamden Necromancer. And he also uses uh, a bow on the front bar and a two-hander on the back bar. Um, but really, it's not like the race for that. Like Wood Elf is by no means like the very best choice. I just chose it because Wood Elves fit very thematically with bow builds. Uh, so I just kind of like it for the flavor. Um, but orc, dark elf, uh, Nord would also be uh, <laughs> extremely good choices. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I don't really like where it fell on the list, but you know that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, hey, they come in. They come in ahead of Redguard. Uh, <laughs> I think Redguard would be fine, but I think Redguard's pretty lacking right now, especially with all these sustain buffs coming. That's basically all Redguard brings to yeah. the table is sustain and. That's another We're good example of, need it of that sustain kind of tinkering with other things in other areas. Redguard is already a very, very unpopular race. Hardly any, I don't think hardly anyone uses Redguard uh, these days. Uh, and I think even fewer people will yeah. be using them. Uh, unless, you know, outside of lore and flavor reasons. Yeah. Going back into that, you know, Breton's a big sustain class. Do you think that they're going to... think some, yeah, that's going to see a, a drop in Breton? I bet so. Yeah, I bet probably for the best in that case because I think for me in PvP Magicka race, there's no contest. Breton every yeah. time, pretty for me. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of you to say for me because you, you <laughs> I might be the old only Nord Magicka user out there, but <laughs> yeah. so it's that, kind, it's which kind explains of you why you say. don't like playing Magicka all that much. I think. <laughs> hey, I I have two Magicka characters now. I've got a, a Magicka Necro and then my main Magicka Templar. All right. Um. So yeah, there you go. Questions answered. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to. <laughs> If you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I-N, no G, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. We have a guild uh, called Stoons Goons. We're on PCNA. Uh, If you'd like to be a part of that, you can uh, hit us up in-game. I'm at Sparrowhawk. Davius is at Starjumper. Uh, just let us know you want to be in the Stoons Goons. It's a social guild with a bit of a, a PvP focus. Um, but like I say every time we do pretty much everything that you can do in this game uh, and most of the time we're just kind of chilling out in discord sending yep. memes back and forth telling jokes and um, a lot of build talk a lot of theory craft talk uh, just hashing out builds and bouncing ideas off of each other and yeah. having a good time 
Yeah, I would say if you if you like talking ESO, you have fun with ESO, you're going to have fun with Student Scoons. That's really all we're about. It's real chill, relax. Let's talk some ESO, play some ESO. Uh, hit us up. For sure. I think that's going to wrap up episode number 35. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.